First of all, I'd like to thank the Lord for allowing me to be up here. It's such an honor to be able to speak His Word and proclaim it. I love it. Um, I'd like to thank the elders, too, for allowing me to speak. They're such an encouragement to me. They, I love them. I love what they do. Pray for them and pray that they'll continue to lead us in the way that we need to be led and pray that us as sheep will follow what they want us to do. We serve an amazing God, amen? He's a amazing God. If y'all would turn to Psalm 139, that's where we're going to be dealing with. I want to go through that whole chapter and I want us to focus our minds on this Psalm of David. I've been studying it for about two weeks now and it has just totally blessed my life. God is so wonderful in the things that he does and he cares so much for us and I hope to I hope to bring that out as I speak today Uh, a couple questions before we get started have you ever been involved in a bomb threat at work or at school I want us to get our minds focused to think about what goes on during that bomb threat the police come they get everybody out And what do they do? They start to search the building. They search under the building. They search over the building. They search in rooms. They search anywhere that they can. They search to find this threat, to find this problem. Another another example is what about a remote? Have you ever lost your remote or your keys? Aaron and Isaac always lose the remote and the keys. I never do. But it's a mad search for under the couch. I mean, you're searching in in the cabinet. I mean, you're searching in ridiculous places trying to find the remote or the keys. Usually they're in my pocket, but... No, okay. Searching is what God does to us, whether we know it or not. God always is searching us. He searches His children and He, he wants to know us and, and, and He wants to see what is going on in our lives. As we enter this new year, I want us to be excited about how our God loves us and how much he is involved in our life. In this psalm, David shows us the passion and excitement he has for the Lord and how the Lord will never leave us or forsake us. But what God does is he searches us. Whether we want to admit it or not, he does. He's always searching us. Let's look at it. Verse 1, I'm going to read the first six verses. O Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down. And are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, 
you know it all together. You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is, t- it is high. I cannot attain it. The Lord searches us and He knows us. He knows where we sit. He knows where we rise. He understands our thoughts. He knows our paths. He knows what we're going to say. He searches us so thoroughly that He finds our problems in every aspect of our life. Think about that. Whether you even talk to God or not, He knows what you're doing. Whether it's good or whether it's bad. In every situation, every party you went to, every whatever, whatever it might be, whatever conversation you're in, Jeremiah 17.10 says, I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. If we say that God is not with us, then we don't believe the Bible. Amen? The reason I say that is because He always sees us and is constantly searching us. I want us to get in our mind today, search. Oh, search me, oh God, is what I want us to think about. I want us to think about how much God is searching us. And as we get into this, it'll bear more about how much God loves us and searches us. In verse 5 he says, You have hedged me behind and before, and you've laid your hand upon me. David knew that God was with him. The same way us as Christians know God is with us because of what Jesus said in John 10, 27. He said, in 28, he said, My sheep hear my voice, and know, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. I know struggles in life are hard, and situations are sometimes horrible, but... That's why this psalm is so good, because David understood hardship. Think about David's life. He killed Goliath, and Saul was the king, and what? Got jealous of him, right? He searched to kill him. David was on the run, hunted by the king. Then he becomes the king, and his kids want to kill him. His kids are trying to kill him. Not to mention he had committed adultery, and he had killed the husband that was married to the lady he had committed adultery with. He understood hardship, but one thing that he didn't forget was that God was there. You can mess up, but God is still there. He's ready. Just get that in your mind, y'all. Think about when you mess up and you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, God's still there. Hmm. In verse 6 he says, Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. He knows God is so powerful and that He controls all things, but He knows God is still caring enough about Him to search Him. Romans 11.33 says, Oh, the depth of the riches both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. God is so powerful and so smart, but He loves us so much 
He searches to find our faults. Verse 7, let's look at it. It says, Where can I go from your spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, Surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. David is, as he's praying this, I'm, as I was studying this, I'm just thinking about David and how he's saying this psalm. And he's, as, he, as he first starts, he's talking about our physical, where we sit, where we lie, where we say what we do, and it's, it's still God's there. So here now he moves into a spiritual realm. He's talking about heaven and hell. And even in heaven and hell and even in the spiritual realm where we'll be one day, he's still there. He's everywhere. And, and, and I can just see David, and I hope that, that as you go home and you can study this more, this is a great psalm for encouragement because... God loves us. He, he loves us. He, and He wants us to love Him. That's the thing. Jeremiah 23, 24 says, Where am I? says, I am a God near at hand, says the Lord, and not a God far off. Can anyone hide himself in secret places so I shall not see him, says the Lord? Do I not feel the heaven and the earth, says the Lord? God and His Spirit are everywhere. And still He searches us. He wants us to know that He is with us. Verse 13 and 14 are just as amazing scriptures. And this this gets into some really good stuff, y'all. Verse 13 says, For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. God made each of us. He formed us in the womb. I don't know how more personal that could be. He formed the inward parts of each of us. I'm way prettier than Isaac. But... He still made Isaac. And Kurt's way prettier than me. So, I mean, it works out. But he created us all different. If it was, we were all the same, then that would, it would still be amazing, but it would, we're all different. My ears are different than... Bends, my nose, all of it. It's all different. That's why he says, how marvelous are your works. I mean, think about that for a minute. How in the world can you make do that? But, the, but God did that, and he cares about me, about little old me in Portland and what I'm doing. That should encourage y'all. 
that should really encourage y'all to know when you mess up, he's right there. When you're doing good, he's right there. Look at verse 15. He says, My frame was hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and yet in your book they all were written the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. You were a substance. You weren't even made yet. And he knew your whole life. He's amazing, ain't he? Willie was had come down when I was right on this part, and I had to take a break because I just that just blows me away. He already knew everything about me. He knew when I was going to be bad. He knew when I was going to be good. He knew it all. Ecclesiastes 11.5 says, As you do not know what is the way of the wind or how the bones grow in the womb of her who is with child, so you do not know the works of God who makes everything. Doesn't that amaze y'all? Doesn't that, that should be exciting to you. The leader of our life, the, the God of who we serve is awesome. He can do anything. And He wants to be with you. He wants to have a relationship with you. And us as children of God should be just ready to go come out that door ready to tell somebody about him. Not condemn him, but tell him about how good he is. So he's so excited about this. And here's what's so great about this psalm is now he's, he's hit us with this physical part of our life. He's hit us with this spiritual realm. And he's talked about where we've been born, how he's made us before we were born. Now, he talks about in verse 17 and 18, How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I'm still with you. Isn't the Bible great? Don't you get encouragement from the Bible? I hope and pray that you read your Bible. Because if you don't read your Bible, then you cannot gain any knowledge of what he has. His, his thoughts. David didn't even have the Bible. All he had was his... He literally had his thoughts. He had the things that had been taught to him for years. We got the Bible. Psalm 119, 162 says, I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. Is the, is the Bible your treasure Do you treasure the Bible? Do you love it so much that you want to read it and want to learn about it and want to know things 
about God and, and like we're studying in the New Christians class. We're in the Old Testament in, in Habakkuk, Zechariah, Zephaniah. That's God's Word. And, and there's exciting things in that. We just have finished Jonah. And yeah, sometimes it'll, it'll get you into kind of a history lesson, but you've got to know that. And there's so much stuff in it. Psalm 119.72 says, The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of coins of gold and silver. God's word is the truth, and it is your true rich. It's the true money. 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17, we know this scripture. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. If we follow God's word and do what he wants us to do through his word, we will live in harmony with him. We will. It's true. We know how to fight these fights. So here here he comes to verse 19 and 19 through 22. Let's look at this real quick. Oh, that you would slay the wicked. Oh, God, depart from me, therefore, you bloodthirsty men. For there they speak against you wickedly. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate them, O Lord, who hate you? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with the perfect hatred. I count them my enemies. I got some swords in the baptistry. We're going to get them and we fix start killing people that are bad, okay? We know we can't do that. But what David has, has been in, as he's talking through these verses, it brings him to his, the sinful part of his life and the sinful things. And he is completely put out with sin. When you're involved with something that's going on that's not right, how do you feel about it? Is it okay? Is the music that you're listening to as it's cussing and saying its things, does that bother you? It bothered David. It bothered David enough to say, I want you to slay him. Will you just kill him for me, please? Because I don't even want it by me. Because why would he say that? We were watching... I. I really talked this up and we're watching Scrooge. I don't know if y'all have seen this Bill Murray movie. I said, hey, we need to watch this. My mother-in-law was there, Isaac and Aaron. So we're watching this show and it really isn't that good like I thought. But it gets to this part where Bill Murray's in the... He's he's showing... uh, the people what they need to do in the movie, I don't even know what it's called, the stage or whatever. And these guys were hammering the stage in the back. And he turns around and like five times he says, stop the blank, blank hammering. Over and over. Does that upset you? Does that bother you? 
boy, it bothered me. <laughs> I hope that it bothers you. I hope that that it 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 hurts your feelings when people say bad things about God and the language and the things that they say. David is so put out with it. He prays for them to slay him. You know, and he... Thinking about how wicked they are. About the God who loves all and the God who searches us all. The God who will always be there. So as he thinks about these sins... It disgusts him. Think about Jesus when he went into the temple and he was angry because what? Because of what they were doing in there. He turned the tables over and he said, You make my father's house a den of thieves. Matthew 21 13. As we think about this wickedness that we face, we need to understand where it's coming from. Ephesians 6.12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers of this darkness, of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Satan doesn't want you to be good with God. Okay? Satan hates God. He can't stand God. He can't stand that He loves you. He can't stand that. So, what you need to understand is, We're in a spiritual warfare. We're in a battle against Satan. Now, the battle's not against flesh and blood. It's against Satan trying to get you to be as far away from God as possible. And as far away from God as possible as you can be, the better he is with you. He does not want you to have a relationship with Him. Think about Adam and Eve. They were in perfect harmony with God until Satan came and said, why don't you eat of that fruit? Because the only thing that God's wanting you to do is not eat that because He doesn't want you to be like Him. So Adam and Eve ate of the fruit and then it became about them and not about the perfect harmony with God. The devil wants to trick you. The devil wants you to say, why in the world do I need to go to Fountainhead? Everybody talks about me anyway. That's a total lie. I love every single one of y'all, and I want you to know that God loves you way more than I love you. Jesus can't... God loves you so much that He sent Jesus Christ, His only Son, to die on the cross so that you could be in perfect harmony with Him one day. Now, if that doesn't excite you, I don't know what will. We should be excited to know that Jesus loves us. He loves you. Which brings me to the last uh, verses. And I hope that you will try this. I've been trying it since I've studied this. And I've, it first came from... Carrie's Wednesday night class, Carrie Poole's class. He had brought this verse out 
And it, it just hit me. It hit me hard because this is, this is a way you can spiritually grow. You can truly spiritually grow. Let's look at it. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And see if there is any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. David closes his psalm with a self-check. Or in ball we'd say, it's a gut check. What is so pleasing to God is for His children to want to have the relationship with Him. He searches us. He knows us. He... He created us. But what's so pleasing to God is to say, search my heart, oh God. What do I got up in here? What's going on in here? What, wor- what worries do I got? Help me with my worries. Man, I'm worried about my money. Help me with that. Man, I'm worried about this relationship that I have with somebody that's not right, and I know it should be right. Help me with that. Do I have any wickedness in me? Am I hating somebody? Am I, am I treating somebody bad? Have I said something that's hurt somebody's feelings that I need to make right? And if I do, lead me in the everlasting way. And that's with the Bible. So as you pray, I hope every morning or every night or every day, I don't know how you do your time with the Lord, but take time to say this. Because what it'll do is it'll take you on every aspect of the life that you need to be. Is your heart not good? Are you not truly doing and putting Him first? Are you anxious about everything to the point where you can't worship Him right? And it's a constant thing that will always remind you of that. Jeremiah 17, 10, as I read before, uh, as I close, says... The Lord searches our hearts and tests our mind and gives according to our ways and the fruit we bear. He will bless you as you do right. I'm not up here preaching a Joe Osteen service, but what I'm telling you is God loves you and His Word says He'll bless you because He loves you. He sent His Son to die... And the only way to have a perfect relationship with Him is to be in Christ. And those of us who are in Christ receive those spiritual blessings, Ephesians 1, 3. If you're not here, if you're here today and you're not a Christian, I beg you today, make it right. Because He's coming back. He's coming back. And I'm ready. Just like Chaz said, he could come back right now. Or now. Or next year. But he's coming back. So, if you're not a child of God, let me say this. To be a child of God, you've got to have faith. Romans ten seventeen, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You've got to believe it. John three sixteen, 
For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. You've got to repent. Luke 13, 3 says, Jesus said, Unless all of you repent, you'll all die in your sins. You've got to confess, Romans 10, 9 and 10. You've got to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And you've got to be baptized, Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized and every one of you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the remission of your sins. You are baptized in a watery grave for the remission of your sins. And you receive that gift, the Holy Spirit. And finally, Revelations 2.10 says, Be faithful unto death and you'll receive the crown of life. I'll leave you with this. Ask God to search your heart. Make it right. Every day, every week, it takes five minutes to ask that. And you'll have such a clean heart and have such a a great relationship with God. If you need prayers, come. God is good and He loves you. If you want to obey the gospel, please come. Right now, it's together we stand and sing.